Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky. This podcast is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and helping one another. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today, I wanted to talk about a recent deal we sold. It's a 128 unit. We bought it towards the end of 2019 in Phoenix, about five minutes north of the airport. I'll talk about how we got it, our business plan, what went right, the hiccups we faced, and then ultimately selling it. Here's some numbers up front. We bought it for just under 15 million. We increased the NOI 56%. In under two years, we increased rents 43% from an average of $847 per unit to $1,209 per unit. And we sold it for 29% more than we projected in a, a year five exit. All right, let's jump in. The deal was off market at the time. And like most off markets, it was sent to a bunch of people. One of our partners who we did a deal with previously got the info uh, on this property And he had a full-time job, so he forwarded it to us because he was too busy to underwrite it. So my partner at the time underwrote it immediately because it was going to the market in in about two days. And he texted me to say, we're driving out to Phoenix the next day to tour it at 9 a.m. You know, because the numbers worked and we wanted to beat most people to the punch. So I left my house in Los Angeles probably by uh, 4 or 4.30 in the morning. And we drove the five hours to get there first thing. We were one of the first people to see it, which is important. You want to get a jump on, on others. And, and if you can make a preemptive bid before it goes to best and final. And so we, you know, we drove out there first thing in the morning. You know, when we saw the property, it was a dense property. And what I mean by that is there wasn't a lot of land. You know, mostly it was the three-story apartment buildings, the parking lot, a small pool area small playground area, and a thin strip of grass along some of the buildings. Dense. But that wasn't a deterrent for us because most other things checked the box for us. It was a true value add as only 19 of the 120 units were upgraded, supposedly. By the time we took over, they had done a bunch more, which was great for us. Property management company, they were more geared towards smaller properties. So this wasn't managed to the best of its ability. They didn't charge much for rubs. It was in the path of progress. Rents were well below market. And we thought the price was reasonable and the numbers worked. So we were excited. So 
We fine-tune our numbers based on our findings. We put an offer to try to tie up the property right away. Uh, this was a big deal for us at the time, a little over $15 million. So we had to find some additional partners to help us take it down. And I have to be honest, we had some people that really didn't believe in the project. This was before Phoenix really caught fire. There wasn't a bunch of good comps out there. Some potential partners didn't know the market well. And some people were busy with their own projects and raises. But we, we truly believed in this opportunity. It wasn't the perfect deal, but is there really a perfect deal out there? And we eventually found some partners that believed in us and the deal and that we thought would be good partners for us. All right. So one obstacle cleared and then we faced another. We were uh, about to practice our webinar to raise capital, and this was just before fourth quarter 2019, and agency debt really tightened up at that point. They had uh, they reached their caps on lending for the year, so rates jumped, and you know we were running through all the different options. We really were unclear where rates were would land, and there was a lot of unknown at that time. So we postponed our webinar until we can get a, a clear picture. We didn't want to rush things. And after a couple of stressful weeks, the caps increased, rates declined, and felt comfortable moving forward. We had our webinar, got the raise done, the deal closed, and it was on to the next phase. Like I said, this was a true value add. And I know brokers like to sell value add on every deal. And I get it because many of us say we're looking for a value add. So they give the people, the buyers, what they want. But this was a true value add. Before we even took over, we started work on coming up with a new name. We changed the name from La Casa Apartments to East 3434, which we felt was, was hipper and more attractive to a much larger pool of potential residents. And we also worked on getting a permit for washer dryers, which we were adding to the, the two bedrooms. And we wanted that permit you know, once we took over the property. But the permits actually took a lot longer than expected. We didn't get it to a few months into it. So I'm really glad we started when we did, because if we waited till then, that would have been a few months later and really slowed us down. One of the first things we did was improve the signage when we took over. The front bushes were well overgrown and there was this ugly unlit sign on a high traffic street. So we changed out the sign with our new name. We added lights and flags and, and we bought two huge banners to hang on the side of the buildings, which was street facing. So people, you know, when they drove by, they could see it from far away. And that brought in a good amount of traffic. That was a one-time cost versus having to spend advertising in some other areas on a monthly basis. So didn't mean we stopped advertising, but that was a one-time cost that brought in a lot of traffic. So it was a big savings. We also went to work on interior renovations. When units became vacant, we upgraded many interiors with new flooring if it needed it, cabinets, countertops, fixtures, and when we could, wash and dryers for the two bedrooms. We originally started out with a nicer reno with a backsplash, six panel doors, but we dialed it back a little bit as we felt we weren't going to see the return we wanted by going that extra mile. We also redesigned the leasing office and updated the furniture in it, and we added a cool art design feature in front of the office. For the exterior of the property, we redid the parking lot, we improved the lighting, we added security cameras and created a safer community that our residents greatly appreciated. Like I said, this wasn't all smooth sailing. 
We took over a few months before COVID hit and the previous property management company was leasing up with unqualified residents. So we had a bit of delinquency in the beginning and a rough tenant base. We had some criminal activity uh, going on in the property, some damage to vehicles and windows. And this is a class C property. So you're going to have some of that and you have to work through it just like any obstacle. We needed to make sure our residents and our staff knew that the place was safe and they felt supported. And it took a little bit of time to get there, but eventually we did. We started out a little bit behind our plan, but we kept pushing the team, you know, working on different ideas and being proactive. I don't remember the exact timing, but we did switch property managers along the way. Things were promised to be done a number of times and weren't getting done. And the final straw was when we visited the property unannounced and we saw firsthand that, you know, some of the promises that she made just were not getting done. There was a lack of truthfulness and a lack of urgency. And you need to be able to trust your property manager. And when you can't, then it's time to move on. We also moved on from our regional manager as well. Very nice person, really cared about our property and our property manager, but we felt that oftentimes ideas were met with resistance and that uh, she didn't hold her team accountable. So we had met with the owner of the property management company and, and told him our vision for our company and what we wanted to see at the property level. So he helped us make that change. And quite honestly, we waited too long to make these changes. We should have done them sooner. But once we made these changes, we started to really make some good progress at the property. We also decided to pivot a little bit on our CapEx plan. Like I said earlier, we scaled back on the renovation on the interiors to save a little bit of money and use some of that to paint the exterior with real nice, vibrant colors to give it a fresh look. You know, we also had some extra reserves too that we use for the paint, which having that extra in reserves gives you options to do these types of pivots as you never know what will evolve over time. And it's great to have that buffer, to have that flexibility. You can't correlate a paint job to rents, but we think that played a role in us getting bigger rent bumps. We also added a dog park area. Now, calling it a a dog park is pretty generous as we basically took an area from our pretty pathetic playground and created this dirt area for people to take their dogs. Our property management team didn't think we should spend much money in this area because of of where it was located, kind of on the side. And and they didn't want, you know, some of the rougher tents to be hanging out there and and causing problems. We also raised the wall by the pool area with a kind of a cool design, hiding the vacant lot that was next to our property. And we also got some better pool furniture. And this was right behind our leasing office. So you know, when new residents come come in, they could they could see that we could tour them by it. So it created a nice, luxurious area for them. As we're making these changes and we replaced part of our team, we're really making great progress on pushing occupancy, which allowed us to keep raising rents. Our property management team was doing a good job and, and we kept pushing them on our weekly calls, doing secret shopper, secret shops, you know, calling them and emailing them from you know different emails and phone numbers and seeing how they responded. And we we're also doing un- unannounced visits. And you've got to keep them on your toes and letting them know that you're doing these things. Even if you're making great strides, let them know that you're not going to get complacent. So they're not going to get complacent. You know, we are constantly looking to improve to increase the value of the property. You know, that was our role as asset managers, and we owe that to our investors. 
I also want to talk about financing. We put a, a Fannie Green loan on the property. It was uh, about four and a quarter rate, uh, almost 76% LTV, which was good at the time. But our business plan was five years and we got a 12-year loan on it with yield maintenance. The loan was far too long and we had a, a $3 million prepayment penalty. Long-term financing is what everyone preached a few years ago for safety. You know, just in case you know there was a downturn, you can hold it and thrive during that time. But yield maintenance penalty was only palatable because of our huge sales price. But I sure wish we had a shorter-term debt on that property. You know, at the end of the day, we increased the NOI, like I said earlier, fifty-six percent in under two years. We increased rents forty-three percent when we sold the property for twenty-nine percent more than we projected in a five-year exit in under two years. So I'm really proud of the work our entire team accomplished from getting the deal done to taking over just a few months before COVID to business plan execution and managing it through some ups and downs. You know, rarely is it a smooth ride. And that's why it starts with conservative underwriting, picking the right markets and truly knowing that market as well and being a hands-on asset manager. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Hopefully, this was valuable to you. If you'd like to get our newsletter and keep up to date on other projects and future opportunities, be sure to head over to our website, breakofdaycapital.com, and sign up for our free passive investors guide. You can also fill out an investor application there and schedule a call with me. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And if you like this episode, be sure to head over to iTunes and Stitcher and like subscribe and leave a review for this podcast and help us grow our audience. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, everyone. If you like what you hear on my podcast and want to learn more, check out my Amazon best-selling book, Best in Class, How to Manage Your Multifamily Asset, Avoid Mistakes, and Build Wealth Through Real Estate. And if you want to take your learning to a whole nother level, register for my asset management course available on assetmanagementmastery.com. I'll share all the things that we do and many of our resources to help you become a best-in-class operator. Go to assetmanagementmastery.com and step up your game today.